Hi, I'm Jason Seaver. I'm a psychiatrist, and I believe in the infinite potential of the human spirit. And I'm Maggie Seaver. I'm a mother, and the infinite potential of the human spirit scares the hell out of me. <laughs> Don't let her fool you. She's not so tough. Oh, yeah? Yeah, well, anyway, last week, after 15 years of motherhood, Maggie went back to work as a reporter for the local newspaper. And Jason moved his practice into the house so he can be there for the kids. They're great kids. Yeah. And we have a great relationship with them. Yeah, there's just one problem. Their father trusts them, and they know it. Unbelievable. <laughs> Show me that smile again. Don't waste Hey everybody, it's Angela Bowen, the host of Show Me That Smile Again, a Growing Pains podcast. How's everyone doing? Well, it's officially back to school today for anybody that hasn't already gone back to school. So I'd just like to hope that all you students out there have a great first day back. So in honor of today, I thought, you know what, I've already done um, a Back to School Growing Pains episode from Season 2, Fast Times at Dewey High. I thought, you know, there is one more. Season 7, Episode 1, The Last Season of Growing Pains. And it is, in fact, in it is titled Back to School. This episode aired on September 18th, 1991. Mike begins teaching remedial... At an inner city community center. This is where we meet Leonardo DiCaprio as homeless boy Luke Brower. And Chrissy, youngest Seaver child, dislikes kindergarten. So I believe that this also has to be Ben's sophomore year of high school. Because he did start at Dewey High in season 6. Because there's an episode where he skips a bunch of class, goes out to lunch with his friends, he gets suspended, and Maggie has to teach him at home, which is, Maggie does not have a teaching degree. Carol would probably be more suited to teach Bennett's at home. But anyway, I thought, you know what, I, I, I like this. I like that, you know, it's the last season, even though this podcast does not officially start until January with season one, I thought I wanted to do some back to school episodes. So this episode was uh, directed by Jack Shea, writers Neil Marlins, creator Bob Burris, and Michael Ware. This episode has an 8.0 out of 10, based on 203 ratings. Trivia. Leonardo DiCaprio joins the cast as Luke. <laughs> Alright, without further ado, let's jump right into this episode. So we get the cold open. Jason is kind of digging around the couch cushions, looking for something. Maggie comes through the door, and he turns to her, and he's like, Hey, have you seen my credit cards? And Maggie, apparently, she's been shopping with the kids, Ben and Chrissy, for back to school. And she says how it's amazing that you can call, all you got to do to double your limit is call up the credit card company and they'll do that for you over the phone. Where did you go? The Gap? 
Macy's Yonkers. All those places, some of those places that are going up. It's New York. They live on Long Island, of course, and you know they have money. I don't see why the heck they would have to necessarily. Uh, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. And turns out, I guess she whether she didn't do that. He's like, oh no, you didn't do that. And she's like, oh, don't worry, we just shopped the back to school sales. Like, good. <laughs> So, Ben and Christy come through the door. They're loaded down. They each have uh, shopping bags on either hand. And Ben makes a crack about how I'm supposed to start 10th grade in Marvin Klein jeans. Of course, it's a dig, like a dig on uh, Calvin Klein. But, you know, as in a... Um, as in a knockoff brand. It's not like a name brand. It's like... Just below. So this is the start of season seven. Ben does not have his glasses yet. They haven't completely nerdified him. And he just wants to be cool. You know, he seemed to be cool in the previous season. I mean, he was getting people to go to class for him. So he could skip school. <laughs> so... Unless he's going to a different school, why is there the hesitation of him being worried how it's going to go? If you're still going to Dewey High, it's still going to be the same kids. The only thing that changed with each following year is you move up a grade and the new group of freshmen come in to take the place of the old freshmen that are now sophomores, so... I don't know. But I want to play this clip. I feel bad for Ben. I do. I'm supposed to start the 10th grade in Marvin Klein jeans. <laughs> they are just as good as the expensive ones. Nothing comes between me and my Marvins? Please. <laughs> Look, Daddy. I got a new lunchbox. Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> What happened to the Smurfs? Dad, I'm starting kindergarten. It's a very fast crowd. <laughs> what are you doing? Well, I have to start packing. I'm moving to the dorm on Monday. Yes, yes, yes! Hero, this house won't be the same without you. Yes, yes, yes! <laughs> Marvin Klein? <laughs> Hey, Mike, I'm glad you're here. Listen, uh, you and I have to have a little talk before you register for school. Oh, I already did it, Dad. And, uh, listen, you guys can rest easy. I'm taking my courses seriously this year. Bugs Bunny as archetype? <laughs> Hero or Waskel? <laughs> if Boynton State Teachers College offers it, that's enough for me. <laughs> Come on, Mike, we discussed this. I don't want you taking any sandbox courses this year. Psychology, you're... You taking psychology? Yes, because I admire you, Dad. Oh, man, is it getting thick in here or what? <laughs> Come on, guys, let's put your clothes away. Well, I wish we had discussed this first. See, the, uh, the learning annex down at the community center needs a student teacher. So? I thought you might be interested. Why? <laughs> well, for one, it pays $100 a week. $100 a week, huh? Yeah, and you also get the satisfaction out of giving a hand to some kids who need help. $100 a week, huh? No, Dad, Dad, I can't. I, I'm going to be busy with school. Boynton State offers course credit for student teaching. Okay, I'll do it. You will? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 
So as Ben turns around, we see this giant yellow felt letter K that's been sewn into the back pocket of his jeans. It looks horrendous. Now the bullies will know where to kick when they kick you in the ass. <laughs> I'm kidding. So Chrissy's got a new backpack. She's got her bag of stuff, clothes, and she's carrying a lunchbox, and she shows it to Jason, and he looks at it, and he's like, Hannibal Lecter? Okay, how did he end up on a lunchbox for a child? Seriously? And Jason looks at her like, well, what happened to, like, My Little Pony? Like, what things were big in, like, 1992? Well, I'm looking at some anime. Barney, no, she's too old for Barney. Um, X-Men, Snoopy. I don't even know if these are all relevant. Nah, they're really not. Wait, what's that? Well, Hello Kitty. Mm, maybe. I mean, I know this is a Warner Brothers show. That's another Tiny Tunes, Looney Tunes. Um, I know, like I said, this is a Warner Brothers show, so it's not like she could have, like, Mickey and Minnie Mouse, or, um, Aladdin, which, Aladdin came out in 1992, so that was really big then, too. When I was starting first grade, my aunt got me for my birthday, it was the first, uh, yeah, I was staying at their house. And I woke up, and I came into the kitchen, and there was this pink lunchbox, and it had Mickey and Minnie on it. And I was just so excited, like, oh my gosh, I know something new. And one thing's for sure, don't ever put milk in a thermos. I think I did that once, and I regretted it, because it was gross. Because there were no, like, cold packs or anything, but anyway, yeah. But I thought that was a funny joke about Hannibal Lecter in a lunchbox. So Ben, of course, as you heard in the clip, he's like, I gotta start off the year with Marv with Marvin Klein jeans. <laughs> nothing comes between, I guess the slogan is, nothing comes between me and my Calvins. But it's like, nothing comes between me and my Marvins? And Maggie's all, you know, they're just as good as the... They have money! You can't get him a pair of Calvin Klein jeans. Maggie, you work on the news, or you're a journalist, and Jason's a psychiatrist. Just get him a pair of Calvins! So now we're kind of getting everyone's what everyone's doing. Carol's heading off to college. She's moving to the dorms. Chrissy's like, oh, Carol, I'll miss you. It won't be the same here without you. Ben, of course... It's like, yes! Oh, thank God! You're gonna be not here anymore! Mike comes in, he's registered for his classes, and he's taking some goofy Bugs Bunny archetype waskel or whatever the heck. And Jason kind of brings up the is surprise when he sees on Mike's class schedule that he signed up for psychology, which, you know, and Jason's a psychiatrist, of course he's gonna, you know, be proud of that fact. No, Mike really doesn't want to do that. Um, but Jason brings up the fact that the community center where he works is looking for a teacher to help enrich the lives of kids, kids that really, you know, need help, that 
maybe they dropped out of school and or they're homeless or something and you know he'd be really making a difference but the thing that pulls my skin is the hundred bucks a week that they pay so he's like oh great I'll drop psychology then thanks like Ugh. so this is Mike Seaver 2.0 in season seven he I don't know we might maybe he might have come along in season six but I don't know this Mike is going to be more responsible and he's not going to be goo goo gaga over the the ladies all, all the time because he has Kate now that role of hornball is now going to Ben because what else are they going to do with Ben? He's not athletic. You know, they really have no, He's not studious like Carol. He's not a cute little kid anymore. They really have nothing to do with him. Other than to nerdify him with the glasses. So we go to the intro. And at the very end, you know, they cycle through all the kids and the parents. And at the end, you see in yellow font... Leonardo DiCaprio. So his name, his picture has not been added yet because he has not appeared yet. So it looks like Maggie's dropping the kids off at school. Doesn't Ben just take the bus? He's starting 10th grade! Maggie had the same issue when she took him to his first day of 3rd grade. Are you kidding me? I don't know. Maybe she, she just wants that time with her kids. It's understandable. So, uh, Chrissy's a little nervous about school. She's like, what if nobody likes me? So I'm going to play this clip. It's like, Chrissy, come on, sweetie, it's kindergarten. It's going to be, like, so simple. Well, in my day, it was simple. I don't know the requirements, though, of kindergarten, where I've heard, like, in kindergarten, you got to be able to write a whole paragraph. I I'm just hearing rumors from other people about what's expected of children when they're like five years old. But what if I don't like kindergarten? Oh, Chrissy, you are going to have so much fun today. Just remember to be polite, share, and do what your teacher says. Great advice, Mom. Why don't you just tattoo dweeb on her forehead? <laughs> Wait a minute. Nobody said anything about tattoos. Honey, your brother is just using a figure of speech, as in put a sock in it. Mom, on the first day of school, if you're not careful, you'll get a label that's going to dog you for the rest of your life. Like what? Sit in front, Dorfberger. Answer any questions, Boogerhead. I dealt with anyone wearing glasses, Geekus Maximus. And most important, eat the green jello. Hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> what is wrong with green jello? Leo Limetongue Plotnik. <laughs> and who's he? Just the secretary slash treasurer of the chess club. Oh my gosh, I like green jello. <laughs> Cut it out, Ben. And Chrissy, you just eat all the green jello you want. You're gonna call me a lime tongue. <laughs> so, <laughs> you heard in the clip. Maggie just tells Chrissy, like, hey, just be polite, remember to share, do what your teacher tells you, that kind of thing, and it's, basically, it's going to be a piece of cake, easy peasy day. Ben, of course, is like, gee, mom, why don't you tattoo the word dweeb on her forehead? 
Oh, come on, Ben. That's a little much, okay? It's kindergarten. For crying out loud, it's not junior high. I could see his words being more like if she were starting junior high, although by then Ben would probably be in college, but... So, she kind of tells Ben, like, Ben, shut up, okay? Put a sock in it. She doesn't need to worry about whatever, whatever you're saying. And Ben tells his mom, well, mom, if you're not careful, you can wind up with a label that's going to follow you for the rest of your life, the rest of your school days. So Maggie's like, what do you mean? And that's where we hear about Leo Limetongue Plotnik. We will see this guy in an episode later on this season. And he is a weirdo. He's a weird one. So Ben kind of gives her the 411 on what to do. She's like, what kind of labels would you get? And Ben says, if you sit in front, you're a dwarf burger. Like, okay. Answer any questions, you're a boogerhead. Okay. And he tells her, if you hang out with anyone wearing glasses, Geekus Maximus. And then to finish it off, he says, eat the green jello. Hasta la vista, baby. What? And then he's like, what is wrong with the green, green jello? And he's, and then, of course, Ben mentions Leo Limetongue Plotnik. And it's like, Maggie is just kind of like, Ben, come on now. She doesn't need to be hearing all of this stuff. You're freaking her out. Chrissy's eyes are literally practically bugging out of her head in fear. And you're not helping the situation. There's nothing wrong with hanging out with a kid in glasses. There's nothing wrong with sitting in the front. Although most kids choose to sit in the back. But then again, Ben is probably going based on his own experience when he was in kindergarten. Times have changed. It's not the 80s anymore. It's the 90s. I would hate to know what kindergarten is like for children in 2018. So, of course, Maggie's like, who is this Leo Limetongue guy? And Ben says, well, he's the secretary slash treasurer of the chess club. Good for him. There's nothing wrong with playing chess. So she just kind of whaps Ben on the head and says, Chrissy, don't worry about it. Eat all the lime jello that you, green jello that you want to eat. It's not a big deal. Me, myself, I would rather have red jello. Okay, well, while Maggie is taking Ben and Chrissy, Jason's driving Carol and Mike. Why? Don't they have cars? I know they do. Why do you gotta drive them? Although, it is Carol's first year of college. And, oh, yeah, that's right. He is, Mike is doing the community teacher thing, which is in the area that Jason works. So, is that the Two Towers? I think that's a skyline of New York. That's a, that's a World Trade Center in the background. That's gotta be stock footage. Of course, as we heard in season two, the first day is just Carol's all like, oh, I'm so happy the first day of school. College for her is no different. Isn't it a glorious day? I feel intrepid, leaving the nest and taking nothing with me. Uh, uh, nothing. 
Carol, I think I just accidentally tuned your guitar. I'm in such a good mood today that not even an annoying pest like you could bother me. Oh, please, Carol, annoying? Mike, I'm serious. Hey, You're just hey, annoying. hey, can we please? Maybe it's a special day. How about a truce? Mike, you got any butterflies about your first day teaching? Oh, no way, Dad. I got all my lines memorized. Here's your books. Study on your own. Class dismissed. Gee, <laughs> maybe they could make a movie about you. Drool and deliver. <laughs> so, Mike is smushed in the back with all of Carol's belongings. And when did Carol learn to play the guitar? That doesn't seem like her. Whatever. So, Mike and Carol are arguing. Jason kind of tells them to shut the hell up. It's a special day. Carol's going off to college. Mike, are you nervous about your first day of teaching? And Mike is like, oh, no, I got my lines memorized. Um, study on your own. Class dismissed and whatever the hell. It's like, yeah, you're. he's going to be in a world of trouble when he finally sits down. Ugh. As we see him walk in, the guy who runs this place, Francis S. Tedesco, who I remember the name because it's it's such an interesting name. I notice because Mike comes in, he's got a backpack on. Why? Um, and this guy's just kind of listening to classical music. It's how he kind of gets himself in the zone for the day. There's a window with a shot of a brick building. And graffiti. So this is not the greatest place in the world. Oh, we see on the clock. It's 8 o'clock in the morning. So Mike tells Mr. Tedesco that he's there for the remedial class. Of course, being that Mike's got a, a book bag, the guy just thinks that he's a student. And he tells him where the room is and says, word of warning, you wound a teacher, you go to jail. So these, some of these kids are probably straight up criminals from reform school or wherever. And Mike kind of lets us slip. No, no, I'm actually going to be teaching the class. Okay, so I'm going to kind of play this clip of this guy is kind of uh, testing Mike to see if he's <clears throat> not only so much qualified as if he really is ready to accept this job because he shows him two large manila folders filled to the brim with forms that Tedesco has to fill out. One's for hiring, one's for firing or, or resigning or whatever. And he's not a fan of forms. So he just wants to make sure that Mike is going to commit to this. Mr. Seaver. Let's interface for a moment. Are you really committed to this job? Yeah, pretty much, I think. <laughs> these are your hiring forms. The only thing more agonizing than filling these out is filling out these termination forms. This task is like having a claw hammer shoved up your nose. <laughs> this one is like having it yanked out. <laughs> All I ask is that before you start working here, you agree to stay. Hey, the, the teaching fool does not know the meaning of the word quit. <laughs> In charge of the students two days a week, you'll be evaluated bi-monthly. Remember, these are remedial students that need extra attention, which you, the teaching fool, <laughs> will provide. Okay, all right, great. Uh, well, what should I start teaching today? I'm great at arts and crafts. 
Science. Science? Some of my best friends took science. <laughs> so, Mr. Tedesco describes what it's like with the hiring forms and the firing forms saying this one is like having a claw hammer shoved up your nose and these termination forms are like having it yanked out. So he says, I just want to know if you're here for the long haul, if you're going to stay. Because it's just, that, those, oh my gosh, those forms would make me want to rip out my hair. There's a freaking lot of them. So... Mike says, yes, I'm going to stay. Don't worry about it. I'm committed. And he's like, well, what am I? Well, the guy even says he's Mike's. It's two days a week. So that's not that big of a deal. It's not like it's Monday through Friday or anything. So and Mike's like, hey, what class am I teaching today? I'm really good at arts and crafts. And. I gotta say, I thought maybe Mike doesn't hit the responsibleness yet. He's still his goofy, weird self. Wasn't shirking responsibility, like not. But anyway, the Mr. Tedesco says you're actually going to be teaching science, and apparently that's not a subject that Mike is well versed in. But anyway, now we're going to move to the college dorms to see how Carol's setting up. So, Carol's got her room set up, bed's made, she's got, okay, so the guitar is just a prop piece. It's just, uh, wall, wall art, basically, it's just right above the bed, so. She's like, alright, this dorm is set up, it really shows that I'm an independent woman. And then the door opens, is it gonna be her roommate? Carol is so bubbly with enthusiasm when she meets her roommate, Brianne. Like, oh, we're going to be great friends and blah, blah, blah. We're going to grow together during our four years of college. And this girl's like, great. Um, how about you? Because she mentions, like, do you know where the cafeteria is? And Carol's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to get something? Do you want to go down there? And Brianne's like, no, actually, can you go down there? Because my boyfriend... Is coming over and we want to have the place to ourselves. So already this girl is going to monopolize the dorm with her boyfriend. Ugh. We do see Brienne a couple times throughout this season too. So she's not the brightest tool in the shed if you get my drift. Perfect. Now this is the room of an independent woman. Carol Seaver? Brianne Miller? Oh, I am so pleased to meet you. I just want to say I am so excited about living in the dorm. I know we're going to become great friends as we grow to know each other. Do you have a couple of hours to spend in the cafeteria right now? Why, yes! Great, because I have a boyfriend and we'd like to be alone. <laughs> So I've never been to college where I've had to have a dorm room and so I can't really sympathize with Carol's plight here with the roommate who wants the, that's the, if you got a roommate, if they're seeing someone, you gotta try to uh, work out a system or a schedule so both of you get equal times in the apartment, the dorm, because 
dorms in here are expensive as hell. So it's like, I'm paying for this dorm. I would like to spend time in it. And the girl asks Carol, like, do you have a couple hours? Hours? Seriously? So she's going to be making out. Her boyfriend, like, just comes in there and they're already on the bed. And Carol just grabs her jacket and just leaves. Like, this is bullcrap. A couple hours? She just got there. I'd be like, okay, this one time, but don't make this a habit. Because... Like I said, she's paying for the dorm. She has a right to be there. The girlfriend can go to the boyfriend's place. So now we get back to Mike, who's got a cardboard box filled with science things that he's going to teach these kids. And there's a, gosh, there's like at least 20 kids in this class. And none of them are listening to Mike, even though he just walked in the door. He's like, hey, good morning. How you doing? And they're all, you know, you got some kids that are, I don't think anyone's actually sitting in their seats yet. So Mike goes to the head of the classroom behind the desk, starts writing his name in the middle of the board. If you're going to write, you're probably going to write it like probably at the top so you can use, you know, the rest of the board for other stuff. Because it's like, today we're doing science. We're going to be starting at the beginning of the book, which talks about gravity. And he writes gravity. He actually has to stop and look in the book to get, because he stops at G-R-A-V. And then he looks down and it's like, oh, I-T-Y. Okay. So now all the kids, most of them are in their seats and they're just kind of, you know, they got their, uh, you know, putting their chin on their hand, on their fist, like, they're not impressed with this guy. Like, they probably get so many substitute teachers coming in there thinking, oh, I'm gonna help turn these kids around, I'm gonna make them like school and everything. It's like, they've seen it before, they're, they don't care. They don't want to be there, but they have to. So Mike's like, you know, I could tell you about it, but, you know, I mean, I don't want to insult your intelligence. So he sits on the corner of the desk and starts asking about if someone's seen, like, a basketball game recently that was on. And all the kids are like, oh, yeah, this guy, yep, he's just a, he's a goofball. He, he's just going to let us do whatever we want. But one kid, one kid is like, wait, wait a minute. I came here to learn, and you're talking about basketball games or something. We're supposed to be talking about science. I came here to get an education. Which most of these kids probably either got kicked out or they... I bet anything, most of these kids either got kicked out or dropped out of regular ed school. Otherwise, they wouldn't be there. So, this is just an hour twice a week. And he earns $100 just for... So it's like 50 bucks per two days a week. Wow. And he says, did anybody see the Knicks-Bowls game? Like, Mike! He is not responsible enough to be teaching this class. Boynton State Teacher College, my ass! What is this place that you went to to get a crap teaching degree? These kids deserve better! 
So I'm going to play the clip that introduces Leonardo DiCaprio as Luke Brower. He came there to learn. He wants to learn about science, wants to learn about gravity. He's not taking Mike's shit like, hey, I came here to get an education. You're the teacher. You need to teach us gravity. taking Mike's shit at all. He's like, hey, we're supposed to be talking about science. So Mike says, fine, fine, fine. We'll go through the book here. And then he starts reading about the centripetal force of gravity and blah, blah, blah. He's reading the definition out of the book. Looks like, Mr. Seaver, what does that mean in English? Like, break it down for those of us that are um, not well-versed in that. So, Mike decides to go through the book again and everything like that. And he's saying how a quarter and a feather can fall and both will land at the same time. And Luke is saying, like, hey, you just said a quarter and a feather can fall at the same time at the same speed or whatever. And... Mike's like, yeah, yeah, that's what the book says. And Luke's like, well, I've tried it. He's tried it? 
what, out of sheer boredom? So has he read this book before? Or is he just randomly dropping a quarter and a feather just to, for fun's sake? Or just for scientific purposes? I don't know. But he's like, hey, he, Luke actually takes a feather out of his pocket with a quarter, hands it to Mike and says, prove it. Prove it to the class that the book is correct or you're full of shit. So Mike goes, drops them, the quarter falls before the feather does. And then Luke's like, see, told you, book's wrong, as people are kind of, you know, slapping palms and everything. He, he's... Um, yeah, Luke's just calling him out on his garbage. It's like, come on, Mike. So Mike's like, wait, 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 let me try. And he kind of crosses his arms and, like, throws, like, and puts the quarter and the feather in different hands and then crosses his arms and then drops them. And Luke's like, dude, you can blow them out your damn ears. It doesn't matter which way you drop them. The quarter is always going to land first. What, what are you doing over there? And Mike's even kind of saying, like, well, why don't they check this stuff before they print it, like, test these theories? Well, who knows? Maybe they did, but they probably did, but just in a different way. Like, you're clearly doing this wrong. And I know that, you know, Mike did not have time to prepare. He didn't know what subject he'd be teaching and everything, but if he's going to this college, a teacher college, in fact, then why does he not have a basic idea or a format of how to teach a class? I mean, we heard it in the opening. He's taking stupid classes. Bugs Bunny? This is a teacher's college, and you're, you're taking a class on Bugs Bunny. Really? Must mean, like, if you want to teach a course on the history of Bugs Bunny or, or something. But anyway, the kids see him. Mike is clearly a doofy. And this one kid is finally like, wow, look, it's a teacher that's stupider than we are. Did we get, how do we get this lucky? If I were Luke Brower, which I'm sure he's insulted, like, seriously, you give us this guy? Because... Luke seems to be the only one that really gives a shit about getting any type of education. Sure, he could go to regular ed, but the problem is, and we'll learn later, he's a homeless kid. You gotta have a permanent address. You probably have to have transcripts from previous schools. I don't know if he's moved around or anything, like, but we'll eventually get into that later once I finally reach the final season of Growing Pains. So, you know, Mike's feeling low. He's had, basically, the he's getting his ass handed to him by these kids. Which, there is an episode, I think it's season six, where Mike goes back to Dewey to teach us, there, there's like a shortage of substitutes. And let me tell you, in that episode, Mike turned it around fast, and he was like the disciplinarian teacher. Where is that Mike Seaver? Why isn't he taking control of that? I, you know what? I'm not even going to worry about it. Because now it's after school and somebody is not a happy camper. Her first day of kindergarten did not go well at all. She actually took Ben's advice. Chrissy. Oh. Well, I'm not going to blame her. But Ben. 
Oh, why would you do this to her? Chrissy followed Ben's advice. She sat in the back. Nobody talked to her. Nobody talked to her? Because she sat in the back? And during music time, she got the stick? What's the stick? I don't even think that's an instrument. Is it a didgeridoo? I de- No, a didgeridoo, didgeridoo for most- That would be, like, taller than her. That wouldn't work. I, I can't think of the stick. I don't know what the stick is. Oh, is it? No, that's a maraca. Uh, you know what? I can't think of it. So she hadn't said anything about the green jello. Well, Ben comes in, and right away, Maggie's kind of on him, like, do you know what you did to your sister? She had a terrible day because of you. Of course, Ben doesn't want to hear it because he had a shit day, too. He wanted to sit in the back of the class, but all oh, the good seats were taken, so he had to sit up front, staring at... The under half of the teacher's nose or something. And um, also at lunch, a guy with sideburns forced Ben to eat green jello. Real, oh my goodness. And Ben is like, I don't know why, but I liked it. I liked the green jello. And the whole chess team sat with him and elected him president. He was basically a nerd magnet, which he said. <laughs> and then he pulls out a piece of paper and says, the school nurse, the school nurse says he needs glasses. What? What? The school nurse doesn't give you an eye test. Why would he need that? You need an eye test. You go to an eye doctor and they do a test. I would want to go to an eye doctor and make sure that I would actually need glasses. Maggie, you, you need to set that up and make sure that's correct. Because don't trust... A school nurse is not supposed to diagnose your eyeballs. <laughs> They're just not. 
They're there if you get a tummy ache, you get a, a cut on your knee, you have an allergic reaction, you have other issues that need uh, school nurse medical assistance, stuff like that. And of course, I love how Ben says full frontal nude, uh, nerdity, nerddom, or whatever the heck. Like, ugh, I've hit rock bottom. And he goes to head upstairs. And of course, the apple that Chrissy grabbed, she had been kind of chewing on, she throws, slams it on the table, runs after Ben, and says, not yet you're not, because your baby sister is gonna beat you up. <laughs> Oh, Chrissy. Well, those two aren't the only ones having a bad day as Carol comes through the door. I thought she was in the do- All right. She probably got uh, kicked out of her own room. That's got a bite. And how far away is her dorm? I mean, if it's that close that she can just come home, why don't you just live in your room and save the money of having to have a dorm room? It would make the most sense. Because we'll see her later on saying, Oh, I'm home for the weekend because my roommate Brianne, blah, 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 blah. It's like, then just... St mm. Oh, hi, Carol. I wasn't expecting you home for dinner. Mom, I don't have time for your problems. I just had the worst day of my life. How was your dorm room? Why don't you ask somebody who actually spent some time there? Like my roommate's boyfriend. <laughs> Mom, what's so funny? Well, a very similar thing happened when I was in college. There was this girl who had this stud boyfriend. They were always at it. They never stopped. Until one day, her roommate decided she'd had enough, and she marched in there, and she told her off, but good. <laughs> and you were the roommate? No, I was the girl with the stud boyfriend. <laughs> oh, Mom. And Dad was the stud? You two were always at it? You never stopped? No, actually the stud was Danny Cross. <laughs> it was a little before I met your father, so I'd appreciate it if you didn't mention it. Hi, ladies. Hi. Mention what? Oh, nothing. We were just talking about Mom's days in the dorm. <laughs> oh, the Danny Cross thing. <laughs> uh, Who told you about me and Danny Cross? Danny Cross. <laughs> what do you think I asked you? So, <laughs> Carol tells about the fact that, you know, if I, um, why don't you talk to the person who's spending all the time in my dorm room because it's not me. And Maggie tells about her and this Danny Cross guy. Well, she tells about a situation about a roommate that told off the girl and her stud boyfriend because they're constantly, you know, making out, fucking, what have you. And the roommate had had enough. Carol's like, oh, so you were the, uh, the roommate. And Maggie's like, no, I was the guy with the stud boyfriend. And of course, Carol's like, oh, so this, the guy was, well, she, Maggie didn't say the guy's name was David Cross yet. And so Carol assumes like, oh, you and dad were constantly banging all the time in college. Huh? Wow. Really? Isn't that gross? Why would you ask your parent about Anything sexual related to your bed. Anyway. Um, Maggie's like, no, actually, the stud was da Davey, David Cross. And, um, 
<laughs> so she like, well, this was a little before your father, so please don't say anything. So Jason, of course, comes in. He already knows about the David Cross thing because <laughs> he tells Maggie, well, yeah, da David Cross told me. Why do you think I asked you out? <laughs> oh, my God. That's crazy. So now we get to Mike's apartment above the garage, which really it just consists of a small, tiny, closet-sized bathroom and a bed and a dresser. He, I think he might still have that water bed. I had a water bed. I wish I could have a water bed again. I don't think they make them anymore, though. I mean, I had a water bed, I think, from the time I was 10 until I was 19. My dad finally said... Um, this is getting too much upkeep and everything. We just, it just is a, it's a hassle. So you're going to get a regular bed. And I remember that first night I was so cold. I had to put on sweatpants, a sweatshirt, socks, and a bazillion blankets on the regular mattress bed. And I was still cold. So Mike's kind of sitting in an armchair and he's testing the quarter and feather um, theory over and over. And of course the quarter's the one that hits the ground first. So I think Jason kind of comes up and kind of asks, you know, Mike how things went his first day. Oh, he's not testing the quarter. He's using the feather and the science book. Well, that's going to be it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think the book would win in that. your dinner. I thought maybe you'd like some of your mom's famous Swedish meatballs. Uh, no thanks, Dad. I'm not hungry. So, uh, how'd the first day at school go, Mr. Seaver? It was a total failure. What happened? I spoke. Oh, come on. all that bad. Oh, Dad, I had an entire class laughing at me today. One kid said I was dumb. The only argument that he got was from another kid who said I was stupid. <laughs> Did you really think teaching was going to be easy? Why do you think I signed up? Dad, I thought teaching was going to be all pop quizzes and looking up answers in the back of the book. But there was this one smart little kid who kept asking me to explain stuff. I mean, every time I didn't know what I was talking about, he would fire off another round. He was like a dumb-seeking missile. What was with him? I didn't ask questions in school. Well, there's always going to be one kid smarter than you, Mike. That's the one who's going to keep you on your toes. Yeah? Well, what makes you so sure? I know. I've got a son who's smarter than I am. Dad, you got it all over, Ben. I'm talking about you, Mike. Come on, I don't tell you all the time, but uh, I've got faith in you. So teaching's a little more than you bargained for. You're either going to stick with it or you're going to give it up. And I know you'll know the right thing to do. So, Mike's feeling down about how the way the kids' students laughed at him, calling them... <laughs> stupid and, and dumb and then Mike kind of tells his dad about how there's this one kid who kept kind of on him he was kind of on him about explaining stuff and Jason just says well you know that's just teaching did you really think this was going to be easy of course Mike's answer well yeah why do you think I signed up Mike no you don't teach because you think it's going to be easy. You teach so that way you can make a difference in somebody's life. <coughs> I mean, yeah, and they earn paycheck, but even still. And Jason just kind of tells him, it's like, hey, um, you know, there's always going to be some kid that's smarter than you. And then Jason says, I already have a son that's smarter than me. And of course, Mike is referring to Ben like, 
Dad, come on. You know you're smarter than Ben. And then Jason's like, well, I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about you. Like, uh, I don't know about that, Jason. I know you're trying to make your kid feel better, but please. So then we get a shot of the community health clinic. I believe this is where uh, Mike is teaching. There is a giant three-foot-tall stack of papers that Mr. Tedesco is using a stamp on, which probably are Mike's termination papers. And Mike's like, well, I'm not quitting. I'm going to stay here and continue to teach. And Mr. Tedesco is like, oh, you've got to be kidding. You started these. Ugh. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. Um, Mr. Tedesco felt the, the stack of papers is the hiring paperwork. So now Mike is actually coming down saying that he wants to quit, which poor Mr. Tedesco, all of those forms, those forms are, I would say they got to be at least two feet high or three feet high. So Carol decides to take the route of Maggie's college roommate and lay down some ground rules by saying, this is my room too. I want you both out of here. And she, the people, the, the couple on the bed are furiously making out. So Carol takes the mattress and flips it, causing the couple to fall on the floor. She looks at them. It's not Brienne, and it's not Brienne's boyfriend. And Carol looks at where her bed should be and her stuff. She's like, this isn't my... You know what? I'm sorry. Bye. Like, jeez, Carol! So now we move to Mike, and he's just standing or sitting at the desk and probably trying to figure out how he wants to teach this class. And the kids aren't saying anything. They're just looking at Mike, waiting for him to say something, to do something. Mr. Seaver, are we going to start? Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay, everybody have a seat. <laughs> okay, now about yesterday. Professor Einstein is talking. <laughs> what are you gonna teach us today? That the sun's like uh, really, really hot? <laughs> no, today we're going to continue the discussion uh, on gravity. Okay. Now we're gonna get this right. It takes all day. I better clear my calendar. <laughs> okay. The Earth's gravity exerts a constant and equal force <laughs> on all objects regardless of mass. For example, a feather and a coin must fall at exactly the same speed. <laughs> Once the factor of air resistance is removed, air resistance. Hey, hey, hold it right there. Is that a water balloon? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Good thinking. All right. Has anyone else got one? Cats on 
conscious? <laughs> no, 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 no. It means that whatever we drop will take 2.2 seconds to hit the ground. What else can we drop? New Year's head. Hey. <laughs> oh. 2.2 seconds. <laughs> Let's try something big. Yeah, Gigi's lunch. Hey, we'll buy the kind of like hey are we gonna start yet Mike's like yeah sure and he's just really nervous and everything and he starts like hey we're gonna talk continue our lesson on gravity and the guys kids are all like really we gotta do this again and he wants to continue with the quarter and the feather and he goes over to the window and he says when you drop some two things out a window, it should take 2.2 seconds or anything. It should take 2.2 seconds to hit the ground. Okay. And then he and Luke, Mike and Luke, are over at the table. And there's a picture in the book of some type of tube to run an experiment with the feather and the quarter. That way they'll hit the ground at the same time. And they test it. It works. Meanwhile, the kids are all over there. Now they're throwing whatever they can find out the window just for shits and giggles sake. So it's, yeah. And Mike is excited like, hey, we're going to go through the book. We're only on page one, which is awesome. We're going to go through this whole book. He and Luke are are, are buddies now because at first, you know, Luke's like, oh, well, you're not as stupid as everyone says that you are. Like, uh, no. So... Mike runs down to Tedesco, says, hey, I'm going to stay here. And, of course, Tedesco is like, damn it, I just started your termination papers. So that's pretty much it for Mike. Like, I think if you run experiments, you get the kids involved in what you're teaching, that they'll be more receptive to wanting to learn more. If you're just reading straight out of a book, they're not going to get jack shit from that. They're not going to care. So, he just sent his, uh, Mike's, uh, termination papers, or whatever. And from the window, we see a desk, probably Mike's desk, being thrown out the window. Ha! Throw that little window? No way 
in hell is that desk going through there? With its legs still attached? I don't think so. So that's pretty much the episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I kind of fumbled through a little bit, but I played some clips. We got the introduction of Leonardo DiCaprio, even though it's going to be a bit before we get to season seven. So yeah. So for the rating for this one was going to be, I think, Luke Brower's baseball caps. So the amount of uh, hats, we'll just call them hats, I'm going to give this one, I'm going to give it a three out of five uh, hats, ball caps, whatever. Um, the things I liked about it, I thought it was funny with uh, Chrissy's first day and everything. Ben's giving her crappy advice. Then it pretty much falls on to Ben later on. And then I liked Luke Brower. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's entrance into the show was pretty cool. I also thought, you know, at the end, Mike realizing that um, he can actually teach these kids. He can learn from them. They can learn from him. And he decides to stay. The things I didn't care about, I didn't care for Carol with the whole roommate thing was kind of stupid. But then again, you know, it's first day for all the kids. So we had to have something from everybody. And, um... And the only other thing I really didn't like is, of course, Mike just thinking that this teaching thing was going to be easy for him. Like, oh, that's why I took it. Like, eh. But then again, that's Mike's... That's just how Mike operates. That He just always is looking for the easy way out. He does not really want to put in the effort. But at least in this episode, towards the end, you saw that he wanted to put in the work for a change. So, I guess my, um... My little wisdom for this episode is going to be first days are probably usually going to be a breeze. If you're in elementary school, you know, you're starting out in kindergarten, it's got to be easy peasy. But then again, when I went to school, it was probably most likely a different story compared to what kids have to go through nowadays. So yeah. As you get older and start going to like junior high, you're going to high school, you're going to college. You're going to be expected to learn it usually on the first day. You're going to be expected to... They're going to run through a syllabus, what they're going to be talking about, what they're going to be doing throughout the, the nine months of school and everything like that. So, yeah. That's pretty much it, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And I will be back on Thursday with the season six, episode one of The Wonder Years called Homecoming, where... Wayne's friend Wart comes back from Vietnam or from the war. So, all right. Have a great first day of school. Have a great first week of school. And I'll be back on Thursday. Bye-bye.